Hello, welcome back to my reading of As Good As Dead by Holly Jackson. So we left off on chapter 10. Let's get back into it. Pip hated this place as she stepped toward the entrance, catching sight of the blue painted waiting painted waiting room beyond. She could feel her skin recoiling from it, unwrapping from her flesh, begging her to turn back, retreat. The voice in her head too. This was a bad place, a bad, bad place. She shouldn't be here, but she shouldn't. She promised Robbie, and her promise still meant something to her, especially to him. And so she was here, Fairview Police Station, the sign glaring down at her, covering in a thin layer of wind-swept grime. The automatic doors jumped open and swallowed her whole. She passed the regimented line of cold metal chairs facing the reception desk. A man and a woman sat against the back wall, swaying slightly, and though the police station were at sea, drunk clearing at 11 a.m., though Pip had had to take a Xanax to work up the nerve to even come here, so who was she to judge them? Pip approached the desk, hearing the drunk man whisper and almost affectionate a few, immediately parroted by the slurred voice of the woman to each other, not to Pip, enough, though it might as well have been, everything inside this building was hostile, a bad memory, a few from the garnish, flickering bulbs, and the scream of a polished floor beneath her shoes. It had squealed just the same way when she was here months ago, asking Hawkins to look for Jimmy Reynolds so she didn't have to, begging him how different things would be now if only he had said yes. Just as she reached the desk, Eliza, uh, the den, tenter officer, strolled out of the attached office with a sharp right you too she looked up and jumped at the sight of pip pip didn't blame her she must look terrible eliza's face softened a pitying smile as she fiddled with her gray hair pip sweetie didn't see you there sorry pip said quietly but eliza had seen her and now pip saw her too not her and now not here and now in the reception area with the drunk couple behind but on that night back inside the belly of the police station the very same pity expression on eliza's face as she helped pip peel off her blood drenched clothes gloved hands packing them away into clear evidence bags pips top her bra the pinkish smears of dead stanley all over her skin as she stood there, bare and shivering in front of this woman, a moment that bound them forever, hanging like a ghost at the corners of Eliza's smile, 
Pip, Eliza's eyes had not narrowed. I said, what can I do for you today? Oh, Pip cleared her throat. I'm here to see him again. Is he here? Eliza exhaled, or had it been a sigh? Yes, he is, she said. I'll go tell him you're here. Please take a seat. She gestured at the front row of metal chairs before disappearing to the back office. Pip couldn't take a seat. That would be surrender. This was bad, bad place, and she couldn't let it have her. The sound mate sound came sooner than she was expecting. The harsh grating buzz at the door to the back half of the station opened and Detective Hawkins stopped, stepped through in jeans and a light shirt. Pip, he called, though he didn't need to. She was already following him through the door and into the worst, worst part of the station. The door closed and locked behind her. Sorry. Hawkins glanced back with a... Wait. With a jerk of his head that might have been a nod. Down with every very same corridor past interview interview room one the same journey she had walked back then in new bloodless clothes she knew she never found out whose they were she followed hawkins then to into a small room off to the right with a man who never said his name or he had a pip he hadn't Pip never heard, but she remembered Hawkins' grip on her, on her wrist to help her as she pressed each finger into the ink pad and then onto the correct square on the paper grid. The patterns of her fingerprints, like never-ending mazes, made only to trap you. It's just the to rule you out, to eliminate you. That's what Hawkins had said back then. And all Pip remembers saying back was, I'm fine. No one could have thought she was fine. Pip, Hawkins' voice, brought her back to now. Back into this even heavier body. He has stopped walking. Was holding the door open to interview room three. Thank you, she said flatting, flatterly, ducking under the archway of his outstretched arm and into the room. She wouldn't sit in here either, just in case, but she slid the strap of her backpack from her shoulder and placed it down on the table. Hawkins crossed his arms and led against the wall. You know, I will call you when it happens, right? He said. What? Pip narrowed her eyes. Charlie Green, Hawkins said. You have no more information on his whereabouts, but when we do catch him, I'll, I will call you. You don't have to come here to ask. It's not, that's not why I'm here. Oh, he said, the sound from his throat rising, turning it into a question. It's something else, really, that I thought I should tell you. Report to you? Pip shifted awkwardly, pulled her sleeves down to cover her naked wrists, leave nothing bare or exposed. Not in this place. Report something? What is it? What happened? Hawkins' face rearranged all sharp lines from his raised eyebrows to his tightened lips. It's 
Well, it's possible I have a stalker, Pip said. The final syllable clicked in her throat. She was only imagining it, but it felt like she could hear the clicking bounding around the room. Recorrecting off the plain walls and the dull metal table. A stalker, Hawkins said, and the click had gotten into his throat, too, somehow. His face shifted again, new lines and a new curve to his mouth. A stalker, Pip repeated, reclaiming the click as her own. I think, okay, Hawkins sounded unsure, too, scratching his gray hair to buy him some time. Well, in order for us to look into this, there needs to be needs to have been a pattern of two or more behaviors, Pip interrupted him. Yes, I know. I've done my research and there there have been more than that, in fact, both online and in real life. Hawkins caught into his hand coughed, sorry, into his hands. He pushed off the wall and crossed the room, his shoes sliding across the floor, hissing like he'd like they had a secret message just for Pip. He perched against the metal table and crossed his legs. Okay, what were these incidents, he said. Oh, he asked. Here, Pip said, reaching for her bag. Hawkins watched her as she opened it and dug inside. She shifted her bulky headphones out of the way and pulled out the folded sheets of paper. I made a spreadsheet of all the potential incidents and a graph and and there's a photo she added opening the pages and handing them to hawkins now was her turn to watch him study his downturned eyes as they flicked across the spreadsheet up and down and up again there are quite a lot here he said more to himself than to her yeah who will look for you when you're the one who disappears? Hawkins read out the burn, burning question, and the hairs rose up the back of Pip's neck, hearing it out loud in his voice. So it started on line, did it? Yes, she said, pointing at the top half of the page. It started with just that question online, and quite frequent, infrequently, and the... Then, as you can see, the incidents have become more regular, and then things started happening offline. And if they are connected, then it, it is escalating. First, the flowers on my car, and it had progressed to the dead pigeons, Hawkins finished for her, running his fingers across the graph. Yes, two of them, Pip said. What's the severity scale here? He glanced up from the column. It's a rating of how sev sever severe. I think that's how you're supposed to pronounce it, but I forgot to pronounce it in the other one. The I guess the last episode, but it's severe when I was reading the chart. My bad. Anyways, severe each possible incident. It is. She said plainly. Yes, I understand that. Where did you get it from? I made it up, Pip said, her feet heavy through though the bottoms of her shoes, sinking into the floor. 
I did my research and there isn't a lot of official information about stalking, probably as it isn't seen as a police Oh, sorry, as a politic, politic, no, it is policing, right? As a policing priority, despite it's often being a gateway to more violent crimes. I wanted a method of cataloging the potential incidents to see if there's a progress, progression of threat and implied violence. So I made one up. I can explain to you how I did it. There's a three-point difference between online and offline behavior, and Hawking waved his hand to cut her off, the pages fluttering in his grip. But how do you know these are all connected, he asked. The person online asking you the question and these other incidents. Well, of course, I don't know for sure, but the thing that made me consider is, was the kill two birds with one stone message. The day the second pigeon was left on my drive without a head, she added. Hawkins' throat made a sound, a new and different click. Well, it's a very common expression, he said. But the two pigeons, Pip says, straightening up, she knew. She already knew where this was going, where it was all so dis- destined to go. The look in Hawkins' eyes against the look the in hers he wasn't sure and she wasn't either but could feel something shifting inside her changing he sliding around under her skin stare starting by her neck climbing her one vertebrae at a time hawkins side attempted a smile you know i have a cat and sometimes i can come home to two dead things in one day often without heads. One left in my bed just last week. Pip felt defensive, tightening a fist behind her back. We don't have a cat, she heard, hardened her voice, sharpened it and the edges riding to cut him with it. No, but one of your neighbors probably does. I can't really open an investigation because of two dead pigeons. Was he wrong? That's exactly what she told herself, too. What about the chalk figures? Twice now, getting closer to the house. Hawkins flicked, flicked through the pages. Do you have a photo of them? He looked up at her. No. No. They disappeared before I could. Disappeared? He narrowed his eyes. And the worst thing was, she knew exactly how this all sounded. How unhind she must seem. But that's what she had wanted to, preferred to think of herself as broken, seeing danger where there wasn't, and yet a fire was starting in her head, lighting up behind her eyes. Washed away before I had a chance, she said, but I do have a photo of something that might be a direct threat. Pip controlled her voice, riding on the sidewalk on my running route dead girl walking well yes i understand your concern hawkins shuffled the pages but that message wasn't left at your house it was on a public street you can't know that you were in sorry 
You can't know that you were its intended target. That's exactly what Pip had first told herself, but that's not what she said now. But I don't, but I do know. I know it was left for me, she said before, but standing across from Hawkins now, listening to him say the same thing she said to, she said to herself, it pushed her the other way, splintering off to the same side as instinct she knew now, with bone deep certainty that all these things were connected that she had a stalker and more than that this person met her harm this was personal with this was someone who hated her someone close by and of course these online messages from trolls are very unfortunate hawkins said but this is the kind of thing that happens when you might when you make yourself a public figure make myself a public public figure pip stood a step back to keep the fire away from Hawkins. I didn't make myself a public figure, Hawkins. That happened because I had to do your job for you. You would have been happy to let Sal sign carry the guilt for killing Andy Bell forever. That's why everything has, has happened the way it has. And this person clearly isn't just someone who's listened to the podcast, an online troll. They are close by they know where i live this is more than that it was it was i understand that's what you believe hawkins said holding up his palms trying to placate her and it must be very scary to be an online figure and have strangers think it's their right to have access to you to send you hurtful messages but you have you must have expected that on some level and I know you aren't the only one to have received hurtful messages from the public because of your podcast. I know Jason Bell has too. After you released season one, he told me in an unofficial capacity, we play tennis sometimes, he said, in explanation. But anyways, I'm sorry, I'm just not seeing a clear connection between these online messages and these other incidents he said that that last word definitely leaned on in wait leaned on it it a little too hard so that it came out of his mouth sideways he didn't believe her even after everything hawkins did didn't believe her Pip had known this was how it would be. She'd warn Ravi, but faced with it now. In the moment, she couldn't believe he didn't believe her. Now that's that she believed herself. And the heat under her skin become something else. The cold, heavy, downward pull of betrayal. Hawkins lowered the papers to the table. Pip, he said, his voice softened, softer, gentler like how he might talk to a lost child. I think that after everything you've been through, and I truly am sorry for my part in that, that you had to take all this on alone, but I think you might be seeing a pattern that isn't here, and it's completely understandable after everything you've been through, that you might see danger around every corner, but she'd thought, 
the same thing about herself not so long ago, and yet his words still felt like a bunch, a punch to the gut. Why had she allowed herself even a shred of hope that this would go any another way? Stupid, stupid. You think I'm making it up, she said. It wasn't a question. No, 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 he said quickly. I think that you are dealing with a lot and still processing the trauma you went through. And maybe that's affecting how you are looking at this. You know, he paused, pinching the skin on his knuckles. When I first saw someone die in front of me, I wasn't okay for a long, long time. It was a stabbing victim, young woman. That sort of thing, it stays with you. His eyes softened as he glanced up finally and held Pip's gaze. Are you getting help? Talking to someone? I'm talking to you right now, Pip said, her voice rising. I was asking you for help. My mistake. I should have known better. It wasn't so long ago that we were standing in a room just like this, and I asked asked you for help to find jamie reynolds you said no then too and look where we all we all are now i'm not saying no hawkins said a small cough into his balled up fist and i'm trying to help you pip i really am but a couple of dead pigeons and a message written on public sidewalk there's not a lot i can do with that you must be able to understand that, of course, if you think you know who might be responsible, we can look into isu issuing them a warn. I don't know who it is. That's why I'm here. Okay, okay, he said, his words starting loud and ending quiet, as though he were, he were trying to hook onto Pip's voice and bring it back down to, well, perhaps you can go and have a little think of every, anyone you know, who might be responsible for something like this. Anyone you might have a grudge against you, or you mean like a list of enemies? Pip gave an amused sniff. No, not enemies. Again, I don't see anything here I, Here that indicates, indicates these events are necessarily connected, or that someone is targeting you specifically, or that they wish you harm. But if you have any thoughts of someone you know who might pull something like this to mess with you, I can certainly look into having a chat with them. Fantastic, Pitt barked with an empty laugh. I'm so glad that you'll look into looking into it. She clapped her hands, once making Hawkins flinch. You know, this is exactly why more than 50% of stalking crimes go unreported this exact conversation we've had here congratulations on another episode of ex excellent police work she darted forward to snatch her papers from the table beside him the pages ripped the, the air between them cutting the room into his side against hers she did have a stalker and now that she thought it through maybe this could be it, exactly what she needed not Janie Doe, but this. One more case, the right one. The opportunity had handed it right to her. The universe might have aligned for once in her favor. This stalker could be that one. 
a case without that suffocating gray area, one with a clear moral right and a clear moral wrong. Someone out there hated her, wanted her hurt, wanted her hurt, and that made them bad. On the other side was her, and maybe she wasn't all good, but she couldn't be all bad. Two opposing sides as clean as she could hope for, and this time she was the subject. If she got things wrong again, there would be no collateral, no blood on her hands, only hers. But if she got it right, maybe this could be the thing to fix her. It couldn't hurt to try. Pip felt a little more room inside her chest as it loosened around her heart. A feeling of resolve still cold in her stomach. She welcomed it back like an old friend. Now, Pip, don't be like that, Hawkins said. The words too careful and too soft. I will be whoever I am, she spat, stuffing the papers back into her bag. The angry wasp sound of her sorry, of her pulling up the zipper. And you... He stopped to wipe her nose across her sleeve, the breath heavy in her chest. I have you to thank for that, too. She shouldered her back, paused at the door out of the, sorry, out of interview room three. You know, she said, your hands stalling above the handle. Charlie Green taught me one of the most important lessons I've ever learned. He told me that sometimes justice must be found outside of the law, and he was right. She glanced back back at Hawkins, his arms wrapped around his chest to protect it from her eyes. But actually, I think he'd go far enough. Maybe justice can only ever be found outside of the law, outside of police stations like this, outside of people like you who say you understand, but you never do. Hawkins unwrapped his arms and opened his mouth to answer, but Pip didn't let him. He was right. Charlie Green, she said, and I hope you never find him. Pip, there was a bite on Hawkins' voice now. A hard edge, a hard edge that she'd go, go to the surface. That's not helpful. Oh, and she cut him off, her fingers gripping the handle too hard, like she might just bend the metal, leave her prints in it forever. Do me a favor, if I disappear, don't look for me, don't even bother. Pit, but the door slammed behind her, cut off the end of her name, filling the corridor outside with the sound of old gunshots, six of them, borrowing down past her skin and her ribs rebounding around her chest exactly where they belong a new sound joined in tapping in between the echoes of the gun footsteps someone walking up the hall way toward her in a dark unformed his long brown hair pushed back from his face and his eyes widening as he spotted her are you okay danda silva wow asked as she stormed past the tunnels of their district disturbed air colliding as she did. Pip barely caught the concerned look on his face before she was moving on. 
There wasn't time to answer, to stop or nod, or to say she was fine when it was clearly clear she wasn't. She just needed to be to get out of the here, out of the belly of the station where the gun first decided to follow her home. This very corridor where she'd walked away walked the other way wearing the blood of a dead man she couldn't save. There was no help for her here and she was on her own again, but she had herself now and Ravi. She just needed to get out of this bad, bad place and never come back. File name, list of potential enemies, dot D-O-C-X. Max Hastings has the most reasons to hate me equals number one suspect. He is dangerous. We all know this. I didn't know I could hate anyone as much as I hated him, but if but if it is Max and he is planning to get me, I will get him first. Max's parents? Question mark. Aunt Lowe definitely hates me, only attempted to speak to him once again. Wait. Attempted to speak to him once since I got suspended for shoving him up against the lockers. He was always the prankster in the group, even when it crossed the line. Could this be him? Revenge for when I slapped, snapped on him? But the first who will look from you message was sent before we all fell out. Lauren Gibson, same reason as above. She definitely petty enough to do something like this, especially if it was something at suggested. Dead birds aren't her style, though. Connor, Kara, and Zach don't speak to Aunt or Lauren anymore, and Lauren blames me for that. Her effing boyfriend shouldn't have called me a liar then. Liar, 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 L-I-A-L-A-L-I-L-A-R-L-A-R. Tom Nowak, Lauren's ex-boyfriend, gave me false information about Jamie Reynolds just to get on the podcast. Use me and I fell for it. In return, I humiliated, hum, oh my god, I'm sorry, hum, oh my god, I didn't learn English, humiliated, humiliated, wait, give me a second. Oh my god, I got it. Humiliated. I was pronouncing that too much. (laughs) I humiliated him in front of the entire school and online. He deleted his socials after season two aired. Definitely. Wait. Defiant reasons to hate me. He's still in town. Kara has seen him in the cafe. Daniel Da Silva, even though Nat and I are close now, her brother has been a suspect of mine twice before in both Andy's case and Jamie's case. I admitted this publicly on the podcast, so he definitely knows. I might have caused trouble between him and his wife. Of or his wife, for real revealing that he was talking to Layla. Leslie from the Stop and Shop. Don't even know her last name, but she hates me after the incident with Ravi, and she was one of the protesters at Stanley's funeral. I screamed at her. Why were they there? She couldn't. Why couldn't they just leave him alone? 
Mary, I don't know how to pronounce that. Keith, S-C-Y-T-H-E. Definitely don't know. Another protester. And she was one of Stanley's friends. Volunteered with him at the Fairview Mail. She said this was our town and he shouldn't be buried in it. Maybe she'd want me out of her town too. Jason Bell. I found the truth of what really happened to Andy Bell, and yet it only caused more pain for the Bell family to learn that their younger daughter, Becca, had been involved all along. Plus, it brought a huge amount of press and media attention back into their lives five years after Andy died. Jason and Detective Hawkins played tennis together, apparently, and Jason complained to Hawkins about harassment he'd received because of the podcast Because of Me. Jason's second marriage broke down. Was the that because of my podcast too? He's now back living with Andy's mom, Don, in the house where Andy died. Don Bell. Same reason as above. Maybe she didn't want Jason back in the house. My investigation indicated that Jason isn't a good man. He was controlling and emotional abuse to his wife and daughters. Becca won't really talk about him. Could Don blame me for having him back in her life? Did I do that to her? I didn't mean to. Charlie Green. It's not him. I know it's not. He never intended to hurt me. He set that fire because he wanted me to leave Stanley there to make sure he died. I know. That's why. Charlie wouldn't want to hurt me. He looked out for me, helped me, even if he had his own reasons why. But the objective part of my brain knows he would be on the list because I am the the only witness to him committing first-degree murder and he is still a fugitive. Without me to testify, would a jury find him guilty? Logic di- dictates he should be wander on here, but but it isn't him. I know it. Detective Richard Hawkins, F him. Isn't normal for one person to have this many enemies? I'm the problem, aren't I? How did it get so late already? I understand why they all hate me. I might hate me too. That was the last page of chapter 10. So let's get right into chapter 11. Chalk dust on her fingers, gritty and dirty. Wait, sorry. I don't know why it said that. <laughs> gritty and dry. Except there wasn't because she was awake now, her eyes cracking open, dragging her from the dream. Her eyes felt gritty and dry, but her fingers were clean. Pip sat up. It was still dark in her room. Had she been asleep? She must have been asleep. Otherwise, how had she dreamed it? Dreamed. It was all still there, thrumming around her head. That head like it had all been... Okay, that was my spot. So I'm going to reread it. It was all still there, thrumming around her head like it had all all been lived only moments before but not lived only imagined right 
it had felt so real. The weight off of it in her cupped hands, still warm, keep keeping away the cold of the dark night. Its feathers so soft, so sleek against the cage of her fingers. Pip had locked eyes with it, or she would have if it had had a head. She hadn't thought thought that strange at the time. That was the way it was supposed to be. As she carried carried the small dead pigeon across the driveway, so soft she almost didn't want to let it go, but she had to. And where stood the bird, dead bird, down on the brick driveway, shifting it so the space where its head should have been so. Wait, Happen was pointing toward her bedroom window, looking in through the gap in the curtains to watch Pip all sleep in her bed, both here and there, but it hadn't finished there. There was more to do before she could rest another task. The chalk had already been in her hand, not nearly as nice to hold as the dead pigeon. Where had it come from? Pip didn't know, but she knew, she knew what she was supposed to do with it. She'd, just, she'd re retract her steps, remembering where the last one had been. Then she stepped forward three times toward the house to find their new home. Knees on the cold driveway, the chalk in her hands grounded down to a stub. Her fingers red and raw as she dragged it along the lines of the bricks. Downward legs, up, upward body, sideway arms, no head. She carried on until there were five stick figures dancing together, slowly making their way to Pip asleep in her bed to ask her to join them. Would she join them? She didn't know, but she was finished and the chalk had dropped from her hands with a tiny clatter, chalk dust on her fingers, gritty and dry. And then Pip had pulled herself out of the dream studying her fingers to know what was real and what wasn't. Her heart was fluttering, fluttering, wing beat fast, winding up the rest of her. She never sleep again now. She checked the time. It was 4.32 a.m. She really should try to sleep. She'd only climb into bed two hours ago. Time was always cruel to her in these early hours. She wouldn't be able to do it, not without help. Pip glanced through the darkness on the drawer in her desk. There was no point fighting it. She threw off her comforter, the cold air full of invisible jaws, biting at her exposed skin. She rummaged through the drawers, prying up the false bottom, her fingers scrabbling between for the small plastic bag. Not many left now. She'd have to text Luke Luke Eaton again soon, ask him for more. Those burner phones lined up and ready. What happened to one last time then? Pip swallowed the pill and bit her lip. These past months have been filled with one last time and just one more. They weren't lies. She truly meant them at the time, but she always lost it in the end. It didn't matter. It wouldn't matter soon because she had the plan, the new plan, and after that she'd never lose again. Everything would go back to normal, 
in life had hadn't hadn't handed her exactly what she needed those chalk figures the dead pigeons and the person who left them there for her it was a gift and she should remember that prove hawkins wrong one last case and it had landed right on her doorstep it was her against them this time no andy bell no cell sign no elliot ward or becca bell no jamie reynolds or charlie green or stanley forbids and no jane jane doe the game had changed her against them save herself to save herself that was the last page of chapter 11 and let's get into chapter 12. There was a kind of thrill in it, watching someone when they didn't know you were there, invisible to them, disappeared. Ravi was walking up to, wait, sorry, walking up the drive to her house. She, at her bedroom window, where she'd been for hours watching. His arms were swinging, his hair mourning messy, and a strange movement in his mouth like he was chewing the air or singing to himself. She'd never seen him do that before, never around her. This was a different Ravi, one who thought he was alone. Un- unobserved, Pip studied him and all the subtle differences to the Ravi he was when he was around her. She smiled to herself, wondered what he was singing. Maybe he could love this Ravi just as much, but she, she'd she missed that look in his eyes when he was looking back at her. And then the moment was over. Pitt finally heard him, his familiar knock, long, short, long, but she didn't, she couldn't move, needed to stay there needed to stay here and watch the drive. Her dad was here anyway. He would let Ravi in. He let he liked his small moment moments of time alone with Ravi. He'd make some so, so wait, sorry. He'd make some sort of inappropriate joke. Sieg I think that says Sieg S E G U E into a conversation about football or Ravi's internship, finishing off with an affectionate pat on the back, all while Ravi took off his shoes and neatly lined them up by the door, stuffing the laces inside too. And that special laugh he saved for her dad, that was it, what she wanted, to live those small, normal moments again. The scene would change somehow if she she were there to disturb it. Pip blinked, her eyes watering from staring too long at one at that spot on the driveway. The sun glaring through the window. She couldn't look away. She might miss it. She heard Robbie's gentle thread up the steps, his clicking knees and her heartbeat picking up picked up. The good kind of fast heart, not like that one triggered happy kind. No, don't think about that now. Why did she have to ruin her, ruin every nice moment? Hey, Sarge, she said, the creaking sound of him pushing the door fully open. 
Agent Ravi here, reporting for boyfriendly duties. Hello, Agent Ravi, Pip said, her breath fogging up the glass in front of her. The smile was back, fighting her until she gave in. I see, he said. Not even a glance back or one of your scornful looks. Not a hug, not a kiss, not an, oh, Ravi, darling, you look devilish. <laughs> devilishly handsome today and you smell like a spring dream oh pip my dear you are too kind to notice it's a new deodorant i'm trying a pause no be seriously what are you doing can you hear me am i a ghost pip sorry she said eyes straight i'm just i'm watching the driveway you're what watching the drive she said her own reflection getting in the way she felt a weight on the bed next to her. Gravity pulled her toward him, and Ravi lowered to his knees on the far side of the mattress, his elbows up on the winch, wind, sorry, window sill, and eyes to the glass, just as Pip's were. Watching for what, he said. Pip dared one fle fleeting look at him. And the sun lighting up his eyes for for the birds, the pigeons, she said. I've put bits of bread out there on the drive in the same spot I found those pigeons. And I, I put little pieces of ham in the grass on either side of the drive, too. Right, Robbie said, drawing out the word, confused. And why have we done that? She gave him a quick jab with her elbow. Wasn't it obvious? Because she said, emphasizing the word, I'm trying to prove Hawkins wrong. It can be a neighbor's cat, and I've laid, and I've laid the perfect, perfect bait to test that. Cats like ham, don't they? He's wrong. I'm not crazy. The the harsh summer light through the crack in her curtains had woken her earlier earlier than she'd planned, pulling her out of the of the after after pill fog. This experiment had seemed like a seemed a good idea at the time on three hours sleep, although now checking in with Robbie's uncertain eyes, she wasn't sure. Lost her foot footing again. She couldn't Feel his gaze on her, warm, warm against her cheek. No, what was he doing? She, he said. Oh, sorry. He should be watching out for the birds, helping her. Hey, he said quietly, his voice hovering just above the, a whisper. But Pip didn't hear what he said next because there was a dark sh shape in the sky, a winged, a winged shadow growing on the drive below. Pip's eyes caught it as it swooped down, landing on it twig legs and hopping over to the scattered red. No, she breathed out. It wasn't a pigeon. Stupid crow, she said, watching as it scooped up a small square of bread in its break in its beak. Sorry. And then another, the sun lighting off its sleek black feathers. At least it's only one, said Ravi. Last thing we want is a murder out there. You know, a murder of crows. 
We had plenty of that in Fairview already, Pip replied as the bird helped itself to a third piece of bread. Hey, she shouted, suddenly surprising herself too, banging on the window with her fist. Hey, go away, you're ruining it. Her knuckles hit against the glass so hard she didn't know which would crack first. Go away, the crow jumped into the air and flew off. Whoa, 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 Robbie said quickly, grabbing her hand away from the window, holding them tightly inside his grip. Whoa, hey, he said, shaking his head at her, his voice hard but his thumb soft as he ran it against her wrist. Robbie, I can't see the window, the birds, she said, strain, straining her neck to try to look outside and look and nod at him. No, you don't need to look outside. He tucked his fingers under her chin, guided back. Look at me, please. Pip, he sighed. This isn't good for you. It really isn't. I'm just trying. I know what you're trying. I understand. He didn't believe me, she said quietly. Hawkins didn't believe me. No one believes me, she said quietly. Hawkins didn't believe me. Wait. Oh, not even her sometimes. A new wave of doubts after her dream last night, wondering again whether it was possible she was doing it her this to herself. That's not true, Robbie. Robbie held her hands even tighter in his. I believe you. I will always believe you, whatever it is. That's my job. Okay, he held her eyes, and that's when he... That was good because her, her suddenly felt wet and heavy to heavy to hold alone. It's me and you, Trouble Team Ravi and Pip. Someone left those birds for you, and the chalk. You don't have to try to prove otherwise. Trust yourself. She shrugged, and Hawkins is an idiot. Frankly, Ravi said with a small smile. If he hasn't learned by now, that's. You, that you are annoyingly always right then he never will never Pip repeated it's going to be okay he said drawing the lines in the valleys between her knuckles everything will be okay I promise he paused staring at the at the space below her eyes a little too long did you get much sleep last night yes she lied right he clapped his hands together. I think we need to get you out of the house. Come on. Up, up. Socks on. Why? She said, sinking into the bed as Ravi stood. We're going out for a walk. Oh, what a fantastic idea, Ravi. You are so smart and handsome. Oh, Pip, I know I am, but do try to keep it in your pants. Your father is downstairs. She threw a pillow at him. Come on, she. He dragged her out of her, a bed, by her ankles, giggling as she and the comforter slid to the floor. Come on, sporty spice. You can put your sneakers on and run circles around me if you really want. I already do. Pip quipped, fighting her feet into a pair of discarded socks. Oh, sick burn, Sarge. He clapped her on the 
on the back side as she stood up. Let's go. It worked. Whatever Robbie was doing, it worked. Pip didn't think about disappearing or dead birds or chalk lines or Detective Hawkins. Not on the way down the stairs, night when her dad stopped them to ask where all the wafer thin, ha thin ham had gone. Not even as they walked down the driveway. Robbie's fingers hooked onto her jeans, heading for the woods. No pigeons, no chalk, no six gunshots, dis disguised in the beating of her heart. It was just the two of them. Team Ravi and Pip. No thoughts beyond the first inane, inane things that came into her head. No deeper, no darker. Ravi was the fence in her head that kept it all back. A grumpy face tree that she insists looked like Ravi when he woke up. Planning, planning when he would first come to visit her at college, maybe the week after orientation week. Will she nervous to go? What books does she still need to buy? They followed the wind, winding path through the woods. Ravi recreated their first walk together beneath these same trees. A high-pitched impression of Pip as she took him through her in. in Wait, sorry. In initial, initial, sorry, initial theories on the Andy Bell case, Pip laughed. He'd remembered almost every word. Barney had been with them on the first walk. A golden flash through the trees, herding them together, tail wagging as Robbie had teased them with a stick. Thinking back on it now, maybe that's the moment Pip knew. Had it been a tightening in her gut, or maybe that drunk feeling behind her eyes, or could it have been that glow below her skin? She hadn't realized it at the time, hadn't known that what it was, maybe some, some part of her had already decided she would love him right then, in a conversation about his dead brother and a murdered girl. It all came back to death in the end. Oh, there you go. She'd gone and ruined it. The fence was down. Pip's attention was drawn up and away as a dog from her and now crashed through the undergrowth toward them, barking as it jumped up to plant its paws on her legs. A bagel. She recognized this dog just as he had recognized her. Oh no, she muttered, giving him one quick pat on the head as the other sound reached them a double set of footsteps two voices she knew pip stops stopped us as they walked around a knot of trees and finally came into view aunt and laura arm in arm eyes and onion onion i think that's how you pronounce it widening when they realized it was her Pip didn't imagine it. Warren actually gasped, coughing into her hand to cover it. They stopped too. Aunt and Lauren over there. Pip and Robbie back here. Rufus, Lauren screamed, her wild voice echoing through the trees. Rufus, come here. Get away from her. The dog turned and, titled, and tilted his head. 
I'm not going to hurt your dog, Lauren. Hurt your dog, Lauren, Pip said, leveling, leveling her voice. Who knows who? Who knows with you? Aunt said darkly, stuffing his hands into his pockets. Oh, come on, Pip sniffed. One part of her itched to pet Rufus again, just to really set Lauren off. Go on, do it. It was a thought. Lauren had read her mind and the glint in her, her eyes. She screamed for the dog again until he bounded back over to her on his unsure little legs. No, Lauren turned her voice on him now, giving him a one-fingered tap on the nose. You don't go up to strangers, ridiculous, Pip said with a hollow laugh, swapping a look with the Bobby. What was that? Aunt barked, straining up, pointless, really, because Pip was still taller than him. She could take him. She already had once before, and she was stronger now. I said that your girlfriend was ridiculous. Should I repeat it in a third, a third time? She said, Pip could feel Ravi's arm tensing against hers. He hated confrontation, hated it, even so. Pip knew he would go f too far for her if she a even asked. She didn't need him now, though. She had this, almost like she'd been waiting for this encounter, felt herself coming alive with it. Well, don't talk about her like that. Aunt brought his hands back out flex them and his sides when are you leaving for college why pip said are you waiting for me to disappear he she studied their faces carefully the wind whipped lauren's red hair across her forehead stands catching across her narrowed eyes she blinked one side of aunt's mouth pulled up in a sneer what the f are you talking about he said no, I know, Pip nodded. You must feel really embarrassed. You accuse me, Connor and Jimmy, of or orchestrating his disappearance for money. Just hours after we all found out a serial rapist walked free. Are you the one who spoke to that re reporter? I guess it does I guess it doesn't matter anymore. And now Jamie's alive, but another man is dead. And you must feel really quite stupid about the whole thing. Deserved to die, though, didn't he? So I guess it all worked out nicely in the end. He winked. He, F word, winked at her. The gun was back in Pip's heart, pointing through her chest. And backbone curled and her teeth heart burned. Don't you ever say that again. She pushed the words through her teeth. Dark and dangerous. Don't you ever say that in front of me. Ravi retook her hand, but she didn't feel it. She wasn't in her body anymore. She was standing over there, that same hand around Anne's throat, tightening, tighter, tightening, squeezing it all out into Ravi's fingers. Anne seemed to sense this, taking one step back from her, almost tripping over the dog. Lauren hooked her arm up through ants again and locked their elbows together a shield but that wouldn't stop pip we used to be friends do you really hate me enough to want me to die she said the wine carried her voice away from her
What the F are you talking about? Lauren spat, drawing more strength from Matt. You're psycho. Hey, Robbie's voice floating in from somewhere beside her. Come on now. That's not nice. But Pip... But Pip had an answer of her own. Maybe, she said. So you should make sure your doors are lo locked up real nice and tight at night. Okay, Robbie said, taking charge. We're going this way, he pointed beyond Aunt and Lauren. You go that way. See you around. Robbie led her off path, his fingers tight around hers, anchoring her to him. Pip's feet were moving, but her eyes were on Aunt and Lauren, blinking the moment they passed. Shooting them with the gun in her chest, she watched over her shoulder as they moved away through the trees in the direction of her house. My dad said she was effed up now, and said to Lauren, loud enough for them to hear. Turning back to meet Pip's eyes, she tensed her heels, turning, catching in the long grass, but Robbie's, but Robbie's arm folded around her waist, holding her into them his mouth brushing the hair at her temple. No, he whispered, you're okay. They aren't worth it, really, just breathe. So she did, concentrated only on air in, air out, one step, two step, in, out, every step carrying her father away from them, the gun re retreating back into its hiding place. Should we go home, she said when it was gone. Between breaths, between steps. No, Ravi shook his head, staring straight ahead. Forget about them. You need some fresh air. Pip circled him, his hot palm with her triggered finger. One way, then the other. She didn't want to say, but maybe there was so, was no such thing in Fairview. No fresh air. It was all tamed, every breath of it. They looked both ways and crossed the road to her house, the sun finding them again, warming their backs. Anything, Pip smiled at Robbie. Yes, anything you want, he said. This is a full-on cheer-up Pip day. No true crime documentaries, um, those are banded. And what if I said I really wanted a scrambled torn tournament? I think that's how you say. It. She said, striking her finger through his sweater into his ribs. Their steps clumsily winding in and out of each other's across the drive. I'd say, I said, game on, beware. You under estimate my pal ravi suddenly stopped stopped suddenly and pip collided into him oh f he said little more than a whisper what she laughed coming around to face him i'll go easy on you no pip he pointed behind her she turned and followed his eyes there on the driveway beyond the pile of bird crumbs were three little chalk figures her heart turned cold dropped into her stomach. They were here, Pip said, letting go of Ravi's hand and darting forward. They were just here, she said, standing over a little chalk, chalk people. The figures had almost reached the house now, 
scattered just in front of the potted shrubbles that lined the left side. She shouldn't have left. Ravi, I was watching. I would have seen them, seen them, caught them, saved herself. They only came because they knew you weren't here. Ravi joined her, his breath fast in his chest. And those definitely aren't tire marks. This was the first time he'd seen them. Time and rain had taken the last ones away before she had a chance to show him, but he couldn't see the he could see them now. He saw them and that made them real. She hadn't made them up. Hawkins Thank you, Pip said, glad that he was with her. Looks like something out of the Blair Witch, he said, bending to get a closer look, drawing the crisscross shapes with his fingers, hovering a few inches above. No, Pip studied them. This isn't right. There's supposed to be five of them. There were five both other times. Why, th why three now? She asked of Ravi. Doesn't make sense. I don't think any of these make sense, Pip. Pip held her breath, scoring the driveway for the two lost figures. They were here, somewhere. They had to be. Those were the rules in this game. Between her and them. Wait, she said, catching something in the corner of her eye. No, it couldn't be. Was it? She stepped forward up to one of her mom's pot potted plants. Pots come all the way from Venezuela. Can you believe? And brushed the leaves aside. Behind it on the wall of her house, two little headless figures, so faint they were hardly there at all, hidden almost entirely among the mortar, mortar between the bricks. Found you, Pip said, with an outward breath. Her skin was alive and electric. As she pushed her face right up close to the chalk, some of the white dust scattered from her breath. But was she pleased or was she scared? She couldn't, in this moment, tell the difference. Up on the wall, Ravi said behind her, why? Pip knew the answer before he did. She understood this game, now that she was playing. She stepped back from the two headless figures, the leaders of their pack, and looked directly up, following their journey. They mounted the wall to climb up past the study and up and up toward her bedroom window, the bones cracking in her neck, and she turned back to Ravi. They're coming for me. Oh, they. <laughs> File name. The Chalk Figures. Third instance. Is instance. Dot JPG. These are the pictures of the little figures. And it's both the three, like how she described them on there. And they are definitely headless. And you could definitely tell that they're next to like the brick wall and climbing up. Okay. Well, that was the last page of chapter 12. So let's get started with chapter 13.
darkness consumed her. The last chink of sunlight through the curtain, scrolling down her face between Ravi, pulled them shut, tucking one half behind the other to be extra sure. Keep this closed, okay? He said, just a shadow in the black, blacked out room until he crossed the floor to switch on the light. Unnaturally yellow, a poor imitation of the sun. Even during the day, in case someone is watching you, I don't like the idea of someone watching you. Ravi stopped by her elbow, placed his thumb under her chin. Hey, you okay? Did he mean about Aunt and Warren or the little chalk figures climbing up to her room? Yeah, Pip cleared her throat. Such a meaningless half-word. She was sitting at her desk, fingers resting on the keyboard of her laptop. She'd just saved a copy of the photos she'd taken of the chalk figures. Finally, she had gotten there before the rain or tires or feet could wash them away, disappear them evidence she she herself might be the wait might be the case this time but she still needed evidence and more than that it was proof proof that she wasn't haunting herself that she couldn't be the one drawing the figures and killing those pigeons during the foggy sleepless nights could she maybe you can you can come stay at my house for a few nights, Ravi said, spinning her chair until they were face to face. Mom wouldn't mind. I have to leave early for Monday, but that's okay. Pip shook her head. It's fine, she said. I'm fine. She wasn't fine. But that was the whole point. There was no running away from this. She'd asked for it. She needed it. This was how she would make herself fine again. And the scariest it scarier it got the more perfect the fit out of the gray area into something she could comprehend something she could live with black and white good and bad thank you you're not fine Ravi said running his fingers through his dark hair long enough now that it had started to curl at the ends this isn't fine I know it's easy to forget after all the effed up things we've been through but this isn't normal he stared at her you know this isn't normal don't you yes she said i know that i went to the police yesterday like you wanted i try i tried to do the normal thing but i guess it's not down to me again to fix it she pulled a a line of loose skin along one fingernail a bubble of blood grating her from the deep i'll fix it how are you going to do that? Ravi asked, a harder edge in his voice. Was that doubt? No, he couldn't lose face in her, not her too. He was the last one left. Does your dad know about this? He asked. She nodded. He knows about the dead birds. We found the first one, one together. Mom told him it was the Willemus cats. Though, that's the logical solution. I told him about the chalk marks, but he never saw them. They were gone by the time he got home. I think him driving over them was why they disappeared even. That's, let's go show him now, Ravi said, the edge in his voice, more slippery now, more urgent. Come on, Ravi, she said. What's he going to do about it? He's your dad. 
he said with an exaggerated shrug like it was the most obvious thing in the world. And he's six foot six. It definitely I definitely want him on my team in a fight. He's a corp corporated lawyer, she said, turning, catching sight of her far off eyes in the sleeping face of her laptop. If this were a problem about merges and a questions quite I think that's how you pronounce it a questions yeah he'd be the guy but it's not she took a deep breath watched the dark mirrored version of herself do the same this is for me this is what I'm good I'm good at I can do this this isn't a test for you, Rob, Ravi said, scratching the phantom itch at the back of his head. He was wrong. That's exactly what it was, a, tr a trial, a final judge judgment. This isn't a school project or a season of the podcast. This isn't something you can win or lose. I don't want to argue, she said quietly. No, hey, no. He bent down until his eyes were level with hers. We're not arguing. I'm just worried about you, okay? I want to keep you safe. I love you. Always will. No matter how many times you almost give me a heart attack or a nervous breakdown, it's just he drew off his voice guttering out. It's scary to know that someone might want to hurt you or make you scared. You're my person, my little one, my Sarge, and I'm supposed to protect you. Oh my God. Couple goals. <laughs> That's so cute. You do protect me, she said, holding his eyes. Even when you're not here. She was... Oh my god, I messed it up. <laughs> I mean, that that little... Little host. Oh my god, that was so cute. He does love her. <laughs> he was her life raft. Her cor cornerstone for what good good truly meant did he know that yeah okay and that's great he said clicking her finger guns at her but it's not like i'm a moose muscle man with biceps the size of tree trunks and a secret olympic standard knife throwing habit a smile stretched into her mouth fully formed without her say so oh ravi she clipped her finger under his chin the same way he always did to her pressed a kiss into his cheek so cute brushing the side of his mouth you know brains always beat brawn and any day of the week he strained up well i just squatted for too long <laughs> so i probably have glutes of steel now anyway but that'd be me <laughs> I would say that too. That that'll show the stalker. She laughed, but it became a hollow, raspy sound as her mind wandered away from her. What? Ravi asked, noticing the shift. It's just, it's clever, isn't it? She laughed again, shaking her head. So clever. What? All of it. The faint, almost not there chalk figures that fade as soon as it rains or something drives over them. The first two times. I didn't take photos before they were gone. So when I told Hawkins about them, he bought it 
sorry he thought i was insane or seeing these that aren't seeing things that aren't there discrediting discrediting me right from the get-go i even wondered whether i was seeing things and the dead birds she clapped her hands against her thigh so clever if it were a dead cat or a dead dog she flinched at her own words barney flashed into her mind it it would be a different story people would pay attention but it's not it's pigeons no one cares about pigeons almost as common to us dead as they are alive and of course the police would never do anything about a dead pigeon or two because it's normal no one else can see it but me and you they know all this they just guys designed sorry designed it that way things that look normal and explainable to everyone else an empty envelope just an incident accident and the dead girl walking down the road not at my house i know it was for me but i never be able to convince anyone else because if it really were for me it would have been at my house so subtle subtle so clever the police think i'm crazy and my mom thinks it's nothing just a cat and some dirty tires cutting me off isolating me from help especially because everyone already thinks i'm effed up very clever kind of sounds like you're admired admire them robbie said sitting back on pip's bed or armed out for balance pip's face looked uneasy no i'm just saying it's clever thought out like they know exactly what they are doing her next thought was only natural only logical and she could see Rob from Ravi's eyes that he had arrived at the same idea, chewing on it, the muscle tense in his neck. Almost like they've done this before, she said, completing the thought, the slightest nod of agreement from Ravi. Do you think they have done this before? He sat up. It's possible, he, she said, likely even. The statistics certainly, certainly in, indicate that Serial stalking is common, particularly if the stalker is a stranger or an acquaintance, rather than a current or formal partner. She'd read through pages and pages of information on stalkers last night, hour after hour, instead of sleeping, scrolling through numbers and percentages and nameless, countless cases. A stranger, Ravi doubled, doubled down on the word. It's unlikely to be a stranger, Pip replied. Nearly three out of four stalking victims known their, know their stalker in some capacity. This is someone who knows me, someone I know. I can feel it. She knew more statistics. Sorry. Statistics, too could reel them off the top of her head burn burned into the backs of her eyes from the light white light of her laptop screen but there were 
There were some she couldn't tell Ravi, especially not the one that said more than half of female homicide victims reported stalking to the police before they were killed by their stalkers. She didn't want Ravi to know that one. So it's someone you know, and they are pretty likely to have done this to someone else before, Ravi asked. I mean, yes, if we could, if we go along with the statistics, why hadn't she thought of this herself? She was so too inside her own head to fixate on the idea of her against them. And she hadn't considered the in, involument wait yeah involument of anyone else. Not all about you, said the voice that lived in her head beside the gun. It's not always about you. And you always favor a science based approach, Sarge. He doffed an imagery cap at her. Yes I do, Pip chewed her lip, thinking her mind guided her hands to the laptop checking in with her own after she'd already awoken the computer and bought brought up google and the first stage in a science-based approach is research the most glamorous part of crime solving Romri said pushing up some pushing up from the bed to come stand beside her hands resting on her shoulders and also my cue to go get snacks so like, how are you going to research this? Yeah, not really sure exactly, she hesitated, fingers hovering above the keys while the cursor blinker blinked at her. Maybe just, she typed in, chalk lines, chalk figures, dead pigeons, stalk, stalker, stalk, Fairview, Connecticut, Connecticut. It's a stab in the dark, she said, thumping the end. Enter but buttoned on the page of results filter screen. Oh, awesome, Ravi said, pointing at the top result. You can go play pigeon shooting at Chalk Farm in Hartford for only $95 each. What a bargain. Shh, Pip Size scanned the entry below and the story from last year about SAT results from a nearby school where two teachers just happened to be called Miss Chalk and Mr. Stalker. <laughs> she felt Ravi breathe on her neck as he leaned closer, head against her, hers as he said, what's that one? And the low vibrations of his voice felt like they were coming from within her. She knew which one he meant. Fifth res result down. DT, killer still at large after claiming fourth victim. It had four, four matches to her search items. Connecticut, pigeon, stalk, chalk, chalk lines, small snippets from news Newsday's article, turn, turn cat, Turnkitted sense sentence separated by three little dots. The DT killer, Ravi read aloud, voice catching on something in his throat. What the F is that? It's nothing. That's an old story. Look, Pip underlined the date with her fingers. The article was from February 
the 5th of February 2014, more than six and a half years ago. This wasn't news. Pip knew this case, how it had ended. She could tell you at least two crime, two true crime podcasts that had covered it in the last few years. You don't know this story, she asked, reading the answer from his dread-witted eyes. It's okay, she laughed at him, nudging him with her elbow. He's not, he's not still large. He killed another woman after this, a fifth victim, and then they caught him. He confessed, Billy, um, something. He'd been in prison since. How do you know that, he asked, his gripping, loosening a little. How do you not? She looked up, looked up at him. It was a big news when it was going on. Even I remember, and I was like 11, 12. Oh, I... She stuttered, stroking the bones in his hands. It was around the time that Andy and Sal, she didn't need to finish. Right, he said quietly. I was a little distracted at the time. It all happened pretty close by, Pip said. The towns where the victims were from. The places where their bodies were found. In fact, almost everywhere nearby except Fairview had our own murders going on back then, she said flatly. What does DT killer even mean? Oh, it was the media's name for him. You know, a serial killer's got to to have a creepy name. Sells more papers, short for the duct tape killer. She paused. The local newspaper used to refer to him as the Stanford Strangler. Kept it close to home, you know, but that never caught on with the national press. Not as catchy, she said, smirking also. Smirking. Also not very accurate, seeing as only two victims were found nearish Stanford, I think. And just saying those words, Stanford Strangler, took her back to the last time she said them. Sitting in the this very chair on a call with Stanley Forbes interviewing him about andy bell's coroner's inquest she'd bought up, brought up the article he'd recently written about stanford strangler making five years since his arrest stanley down uh, stanley down the end of the phone alive but not for long because his blood is dripping out of the edges of her phone covering her hands and pip she flinched, wiping her bloody hands on her jeans. Clean. They are clean. Sorry, what did you say? Pip hunched her back, folding her chest around her hummingbird heart. I said click on it, then the article. But it's gonna got nothing to do with it matched four of your search terms, he said. Grip tighten, tightening again. Pretty coincidental for a stab in the dark. Just click on it and see what it says. Newsday. U.S. Connecticut news crime. DT killers still at large after claiming for victims. Lindsley Levisor Levinson 5th February 5th 2014 Last week, police found the body of Julia Hunter, 22, now officially confirmed as the fourth victim of the DT killer. 
Julia, who was living with her parents and her sister in Stanford, Connecticut, was killed on the evening of January 28. Her body discovered the following morning of, on a golf course just north of Stanford. The DT killer began his crime spread two years ago, murdering his first victim, Philippa. Yeah, I think. Philippa Brokefield, age 21, on February 8, 2012. Ten months later, the body of Melissa Denny, 24, was found after a week of ex extensive police searches. She went missing on December 11, and for forensic experts believe she was killed that same night on August 17, 2000. Oh my God, sorry, 2013. Bethany in Incam, age 26, be, became the third victim of the D12, D, my God, DT killer. Now, more than five months later, after much media speculation, police have confirmed that the serial killer was has struck again. The DT killer, short for the duct tape killer is so called because of his distinctive wait distinctive mo he not only binds the wrists and ankles of his victims and duct tape to restrain them but their faces too each woman was found with their head fully wrapped in stand, standard grade duct tape covering covering her eyes and mouth almost like a mummy commented one police officer who wished to remain anonymous. The duct tape itself is not the murder weapon. Is their horrific crimes. In fact, it appears the DT killer intentionally leaves the nostrils of victims of his victims free so they do not suffocate that way. The cause of death is each case has been strangulation by ligature, ligature, I don't know how to pronounce that. And police theorize that the killer leaves his victims bound in the duct tape for a while before killing them and then dumps their bodies in a different location. There has been no arrest in the case and with the... The DT killer still at large. Police are scramble, scrambling in their efforts to identify him before he kills again. This is an incredibly dangerous man, said Lieutenant David Nolan, Detective Division's commander of the Bridge, Bridgeport Police Department, speaking outside the station today. Four young women have very sadly lost their lives, and it's clear this individual poses a significant risk to the general public. We are doubting our efforts to identify their offers, known as the DT killer, and we have today released a compos composite search, I mean sketch, from a potential witness at the scene where Julia's body was found. We urge the public to please contact the police on the case hotline if you recognize the man in the sketch.
Police release comp compsite sketch of the DT killer. So they do show an image of the DT killer sketch. In addition to the sketch, police today have also released a list of personal items that were missing from the victims' items they had on the, them at the time of abduction. As identified by their families, police believe the killer took them these items as trophies for each murder and that they are very likely still in their position. Trophy taking is common among several serial killers like this committed Lieutenant Nolan. The trophies allow the killer to rely the thrill on the crime and thus sustain his dark urges, lengthening the time be before he feels com compelled to kill again. Okay, I think I lost my pain. My wait. I'm going to read back from the trophies allow. Okay, the trophies allow the killer to relive, relive the thrill of the crime and to sustain his dark urges, lengthening the time before he feels compelled to kill again. From Philia Brookf Brookfield, the killer took a necklace with police describes as a gold chain with an antique coin style pendant. It was a lilac or light purple paddle-shaped hairbrush from Melissa Denny, which she carried everywhere in her purse. A gold stainless steel cas casino watch from Bethany Ingram, and now from Julia Hunter, a pair of rose gold earrings with light green stones. Police are asking the public to keep an eye out for those I these items. Newsday spoke with Andrina, Andrina Castro, a criminal prof profiler who used to work with the FBI and today consults, consults on popular true crime show Forensic Time, Ms. Castro. Oh wait, sorry, I don't know, I just did that. Miss Castro gave us her expert opinion on the DT killer based on all the information police have released so far. As every profiling, profile, profiling is not an exact science, but I think we all can draw some tentative con conclusion from this criminal's behavior and his choice of victim this is a white man who could be anywhere between their early 20s to his mid-40s. These aren't compulsive acts. These murders are planned and methodical, methodic, methodical, me, I don't think I'm saying that right at all. And our killer likely has an average to high IQ. Why do they always have high IQ? Like, all mostly all the serial killers have high IQ. Anyways, this man was seen to be perfectly normal, unremarkable, charming. Of course, of of course. Like, this is I don't get it.
Like, even the trophy thing. A lot of serial killers do that. They're weird. Psychos. Anyways. Even, he outwardly appears to be an upstanding member of the of society. With a good job where he's used to a level of control. Maybe a management position. I think it's very likely he has a partner or a wife. And potentially even a family too. Who has have no idea about his secret life. See, that's why I have trust issues. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Definitely trust issues. Can't trust nobody. There is an interesting observation to make about his special behavior too. In ser- serial killers, we find that an offered will have a nature natural aversion to committing crimes too close to home their buffer zone and yet conversely they also have a comfort zone in near in nearby area they know very well that it's too close to home and where they feel secure committing these acts we refer to these as the distance decay theory it's interesting to note that these victims were all from different towns and cities in fairview county and their bodies too were all spread out in different locations in the comfort zone area this leads me to believe that our killer lives in a different nearby location on one that hasn't yet come up in the investigation his untouched buffer zone as to this his motive i think what we have here is something that underpins a lot of serial killers killings miss agony essence essentially this man has very strong feeling about women he hates them these victims are all attractive educated intelligent young women hmm. and there is something there at that this killer finds utterly intolerable he sees these killings as his own personal mission I find the wrapping of their heads in tape particularly interesting like he is denying them even their own faces, cutting off their ability to speak or see before he kills them. These killings come down to power and humiliation, humiliation, sorry, and the statistic pleasure the offender takes from that. It's like the signs were there from a young age and he started out by harming family pets as a boy. Oh my god. I would not be surprised if somewhere in his possession he keeps a man manifesto with all his thoughts about women and how they should look or behave in order to be acceptable. Police have not released any information about whether he stalks his victims beforehand. But I would say, given how meticulous the victim selection appears to be, that there is a degree of surveillance before he abducts abducts them. I think that's part of the thrill for him. He may even make direct contact with them. And it's possible, possible the killer has had intimate relationship with these victims. Outside Julia Hunter's family home this evening, 
Her 18-year-old sister, Harriet, stopped briefing to speak to reporters when asked about the possibility of Julia being stalked before her death. A tearful Harriet had things to say. I'm not sure she never told me she never told me she was scared or anything. I would have helped her if she had, but she didn't mention a few words a few word things in the couple of weeks before. She talked about seeing some lines, chalk lines. Oh dang. I think that looked like three stick figures near the house. I never saw them and it was probably just our neighbor's kids. Also a couple of dead birds. Oh hmm. Pigeons. Had been brought into the house through the cat flap. But Julia thought that was strange because our cat is very old now and hardly goes outside. She also mentioned getting a few prank calls that was in the week before she went missing. But she didn't seem frightening, frightening by them. So the, this end of the chapter, I'll be ending it there and... Hopefully you liked it, and I guess tune in for tomorrow for more, and, um, like, I, don't know, I think I'm going to post this, post two tomorrow, or, I mean today, sorry, why did I say tomorrow, today, <laughs> this one will be, like, early in the morning, maybe, like, or in the afternoon, and then I'll do the other one, like, later. But um, hopefully you liked it and thank you for listening.